Hello, everyone. This is the Being Borderless podcast with uh, Musa Bajwa. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today, uh, I'm very happy to introduce a long lost friend. <laughs> we recently got connected again. Uh, we met, I think, the first time in 2016. We kind of knew of each other because we were in the same student organization called Isaac. And he was, uh, he is, and was at the time based in the Netherlands. Uh, he's originally from Iran. Uh, incredibly, incredibly incredible person, as well as I could say it. Uh, even when we met there during those uh, in 2016 years ago, uh, I found him to be quite introspective, uh, quite passionate about uh, youth leadership, mentoring, coaching, development of people, just for the sake of it. And now recently we got, connect we got connected because he has recently launched his own podcast actually today, uh, Hearts Wide Open, which takes an intimate look at men's health uh, and men's mental health more specifically. So congratulations on that, Dennis. Welcome to the podcast. And yeah, how are you? Yeah, thank you so much for this lovely intro. Um, yeah, it <laughs> uh, makes me feel really appreciated and great and um yeah i'm super happy to be here um yeah it's been a while i think uh it's uh it's been really great uh, reconnecting with you over the past weeks um indeed because we launched our podcast hearts wide open today um and you were a tremendous help in this process as well with all your tips and tricks about podcasting because for us it's the first time obviously um but yeah so um maybe I can introduce myself uh, real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, my name is Dennis. I'm a German Iranian. So my dad is from Iran. My mom is from Germany. Um, I was actually born and raised in Germany, but then I also I went to uh, spend a year in Iran. Uh, I was able to work for the same organization that I also used to work for in the Netherlands and that you also worked for. Um, yeah, and um, that's how we met. I'm, I did a bunch of different things in my career, studied law, went into business development, designed learning journeys underway, became a coach. Now I'm a marketeer and podcaster. So uh, yeah, I just, I was, I think I was searching for, yeah, what I actually want to do in life uh, for a long time. Uh, one thing I was always passionate yeah. about, indeed, to empower others, uh, inspire others to grow question the status quo do things a bit differently um so yeah that's what yeah. i that that's amazing i think that kind of thank you for that uh short and sweet introduction <laughs> i think for for me to it kind of goes well with my question which i'm i'm usually asking guests initially which is uh, so especially for you being, you know, born to parents of two different cultures, how was that growing up and how do you think though, that kind of the the differences between the two cultures shaped you into who you are today? Yeah, that's actually a super interesting question. Um, yeah, I think um, it definitely shaped me to who I am today. So yeah, but let me start from the beginning. So as a child, I think I didn't really see the difference that much. At least until mm -hmm. I'm, let's say, eight, nine years old. Um, because, yeah, we would just, uh, I grew up in Germany and then every year we would go to Iran for holidays for two to four weeks. Mm -hmm. I'd see my family there and I'd play with my cousins, we'd be in the pool, we'll have fun, like have good food, spend time with the family. Um, 
And at the time, I didn't really feel any different than with my friends that I had in Germany, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. But then growing up more and more, I could feel more of these like cultural differences, but also mainly difference in opportunities that we had access to. So just because I was born in Germany with a German passport, I had all these different organizations I could join, for example, during my studies or all these different things I could do uh, when I was still in school. So many opportunities I could like, yeah, do anything I wanted to. And then my my cousin who was like, who is my best friend in Iran still, uh, who is like one year older than me, he, um, we basically grew up together as kids. But then at some point I realized, okay, he has way less access to these type of opportunities um also just financially uh because the country's been uh yeah in economic struggle ever since i can think better and so this is one side of it and then the other side of it is that i think culturally as well in the recent past i realized um yeah i reflected a bit more on this and i realized that um i really like iran was this type of haven in my head like in germany people are lit or in at least in my like environment people were a bit more cold a bit more like yeah uh, distant let's say and then uh, yeah. when i was in iran there was so much love like our whole family would pick us up from the airport there was like my grandma yeah. gave the best juiciest kisses on our cheeks and there was just so much uh, <laughs> love and like all these family gatherings and celebrations and like for me, I always felt like that charged me full of love for the rest of the year. And then when I got back to Germany, like it was normally mm-hmm. raining when the plan, plane was la- landing. <laughs> I was like back to depression time or something like that. Um, so, yeah, this yeah, maybe not the healthiest way of defining this or like coping with this because I grew up in Germany. I spent most of my time there and I'm, now I'm like trying yeah. to read my relationship with it a bit. Maybe also... That was one of the reasons why I left to live in the Netherlands. Uh, But in general, the way it shaped me, I think I'm really, really open to different cultures and people from different walks of life. And I try not to judge anyone based on where they're from or what they do. And um, yeah, this has opened up a lot of doors as well for me um, because, yeah, I just try to look at the person and not at the background or, yeah, their, their, uh, yeah. And their CV, let's say, that, or their CV's life. <laughs> that's amazing. And I really like, like, thank you for sharing that because I really like these two points. I uh, think one is having access and uh, pretty much the privilege and understanding your privilege. And then I think I recently started realizing that if you have that privilege, it's not bad, but you need to know how to use it for the betterment of yourself and of the people around you. And the second thing that I would like to focus on a bit because I went through it as well. Uh, like I was born in Pakistan, but I'm also Canadian and I lived in Canada. Is like redefining your relationship with that country that you're holding a passport, like a Western country because Pakistan and Canada is also, it was the same thing that we would be going back almost every other summer. And then it's, you know, I would say Pakistan and Iran has a much more similar culture than Pakistan and Canada. <laughs> so it's... Uh, and also the countries are economically quite on the same front <laughs> right now, sadly or not sadly, but uh, so, but the people are still much more happier. They share more, they're more loving, uh, maybe because it's also just Eastern culture in general. Uh, but for me, it was, it was a journey to accept 
Canada as my own country. Well, it, the difference is that I was not born in Canada. Mm-hmm. So kind of unlearning my relationship in a way with Pakistan that I had, because when we were growing up, we kind of learned a lot of nationalism. So understanding that you can still love your country without being nationalistic for it, uh, and you can still work towards it in a more healthy way. So how how is that going for you, like redefining this relationship with, with Germany? Yeah, so um, I always like, yeah, so I'm actually really thankful to my dad because he kind of nurtured that connection to Iran as well so that we went back every year. We would really mm-hmm. get to know the culture, have a close bond with our family there. Um, um, let me uh, just l- lost my train of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But yeah, so in my head, I was like, it's like loving your mom and your dad. I think I love both of them for different things and differently, but I love yeah. them both the same. Like I cannot choose between my mom or dad, let's say. So this is like a really difficult choice to make. Of course. Like never choose one country to be mine, like Iran or Germany. And so yeah. as I was spending most of my time in Germany, I felt like I need to be an ambassador for Iran to keep that side up, to keep it equal. Mm -hmm. I need to like feel more Iranian, like be more involved with that culture. Like, um, even though I knew so little about it at the time growing up. um, So that was a bit hard. And I think I always neglected this, like the German side of it. Like I was trying not to like be super German, let's say, but because I couldn't Mm -hmm. be super Iranian either. Uh, so I was kind of uh, in the middle, kind of neutral, being ambassador for that for both sides, like most of the time for Iran and Germany. But then when I was in Iran, also uh, uh, for Germany, because um, like, yeah, imagine if I'm in Iran, my cousins call me the German cousin. When I'm in school, I'm the Iranian guy yeah. friend. Um, yeah. So it was like not really going into any of them fully. And I think then coping with that. Um, as soon as I could after high school, I went to Canada for a year actually to do like this work and travel experience, oh, wow. get some experience okay. in a third country, um, yeah, stand on my own feet, finance my own life for the first time. And then after I mm-hmm. returned to Germany from that, I also decided, okay, now my English has gotten much better. So, uh, and I want to keep uh, getting to know other people from other cultures. I want to study in English. So I decided to uh, move to the Netherlands and then like to a completely different mm-hmm. country. And then from afar, like from from the Netherlands, like being away from both countries, I think I was able to uh, then uh, yeah start developing my relationship of being German as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, it's close by, but I'm not in Germany. So I could like, in the beginning, I was yeah. like on a lot of German concepts, like infrastructure, uh, for example, or yeah. like, I don't know, they say Germans uh, live to work and in the Netherlands, people work to live. So like enjoying life more, let's say, than Germans yeah. in Germany. I don't know, like this is a really silly idea. Um, but like recently I've uh, gotten, like felt more peace with also being German. And I've started seeing in the past years, um, like all the positive things about being German and yeah, I think, yeah, I can now uh, more embrace this country and like even to the point where I uh, was entertaining the thought of moving back to Germany one day. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, uh, it's still a journey, like I'm still uh, in it, let's say. Yeah, 
I 100% agree with you. And I think this part of being in a third country, it kind of gives you this zoomed out perspective. Of course, if you if you want to work on that perspective, uh, because it's very similar. Uh, it was similar for me in Canada. And when I saw people like from Pakistan who were born in Canada, mm -hmm. it, as a third culture kid, you're always in between like, should I be this or should I be that? Because when I would go to Pakistan, people are like, oh, yeah, but you're not Pakistani anymore. You're like Canadian. And then when you're in Canada, you're like, oh, you're Pakistani Canadian. And then I'm like, I'm a confused human being <laughs> is what I am right now. <laughs> because you're trying to, I mean, it's also great that you have this opportunity to take the best from both uh, sides. But this I say now, you know, when I'm living in Poland, which is also a third country, uh, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting journey to grow up, you know, in, in between very different cultures a bit of a, like, and also countries. And then I think it's a bit of an identity crisis to some point as well. I'm like, I yeah, when we know some other children as well who are like Iranian, German or German Iranian. And we've talked about it as well, like over oh, family uh, gatherings. And uh, yeah, we realized we went for a similar experience, actually. And we're all a bit like confused about things, you know. So yeah, I really feel you there. Yeah, but it's it's all. I think it's also great because I think in the end of the day that all allowed us to be where we are today, in essence, and be who we are today. Oh, and one question that I I was pondering over for myself, and but also while I was preparing to talk to you, so it came up, and like looking at your journey, what advice? if any, would you give to your younger self from the standpoint of where you are today and what you have gone through in life? Ah, that's a very good, uh, good one. The, like the first thought that came into my head was relax. Um, okay. But then on second thought, I, I think I'd just uh, tell my younger self to embrace the journey and do it. Yeah, just just do what you feel like and i think i've been doing that mm -hmm. most of my life so i don't really have regrets let's say i would mm -hmm. probably do it all over again like this and knowing what i know now i think it wouldn't serve the younger self necessarily but i would just tell mm -hmm. them to relax a little bit because i'm very impatient still to this day and i try to push things forward um, even now that I'm working on myself, like it's a reflective journey that also takes time. Like things just take time. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times still I'm trying to skip some steps or like move faster than I should. Uh, yeah. So I would just yeah. to embrace the journey and relax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, love it. Love it. If you, if you would like, uh, I also think that it's, uh, I do the same thing all over again, even knowing, you know, the things that might not serve you anymore, but then understanding that everything is happening for you, like to be where you are and to get where you need to be, even if, even if you don't want it to be, want to be there, but that's where you need to be to grow into the person, you know, that you desire to be like, there's, uh, I've recently started reading a lot of books by this, uh, writer called Brianna Weist and one of her books that I'm reading now is called The Pivot Year and one like I'm just paraphrasing here but one thing she mentions about being impatient because I am the same I'm, I 
I think I've been forced to be patient now <laughs> like with everything in life. Like you just need to be. That's your only job right now is just to be. And she says like change is like change of seasons. Like you don't realize it in the beginning, but then all of a sudden it's there. And you're standing in the midst of everything that you feared you would be, you would miss, but you already, it's already moved past you. And I was like, well, that's, yeah, that's exactly how it feels like. And you're, you, the only power you have is like looking at it from hindsight and then seeing like, oh, you know, maybe I could have done this and this, but I think the power is only in the present moment uh, and making sure how we, uh, we can take the full adventure to advantage of that. Yeah. But, uh, Fully agree. Yeah. I think we've also talked about this uh, in uh, one of our calls, maybe uh, about this turtle. Yeah. The Kung Fu Panda. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like the present is a gift. Uh, yeah, yeah, the present is a gift. Like you, you, you. I think you watch those things, and then in the moment, if you're not there, yeah. I strongly believe now. Uh, like if you're not there on your personal journey uh, or transformation or or self improvement, you just brush it aside, and you're like, okay, well, cool quote. But if you start really looking into it deeper into it, then you're like, okay, they they they're probably onto something there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like super happy that now, like, it seems like there's a bit of a trend towards becoming more spiritual, more in touch with yourself, more reflective. Like people are going more to therapy, and like it seems like the topic of mental health is also, um, or self development, growth, personal growth is just becoming more present now. Mm -hmm. Like that's my feeling and understanding of it. It's not where it should be by all means, but uh, I think there's a positive. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Also having listened to your last couple of episodes, I feel like there's also a positive thread there. In that sense, uh, you also <laughs> think about these things, which I think is super valuable. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm super happy that you decided to start it as well. And I really want to talk about it. Uh, Uh, and I think it's, I 100% also agree with you, like it's still not there because I feel uh, depending on the culture that you are raised in, there are still a lot of barriers because maybe we are in the West. So it's much more open for us to easily talk about it. And we're like, oh, you know, or maybe because of our family, that matters a lot as well, like how our family's conversations are, uh, that we can easily talk about this now But I remember even a few years ago in my own journey, I was very afraid to talk about it, about depression, about how I was feeling because I felt that's kind of unmasculine of me or mm -hmm. uh, if that is a word <laughs> or that like takes away from my power as a man and I'm not supposed to do it. Uh, but that is the complete, I mean, that's complete bullshit. Uh, you know, you, you, you need to ask for help if you you know, if you require it. And there, then you realize there's so many people that are going through the same thing. Uh, regardless of where you are in the world, there are many people that can relate to it and there are many professionals who can help you get over it. And if you have that support, that can actually save your life as well if it gets to that point. Yeah. Uh, so my... my, my Sorry, what are you saying? I think guys, just uh, no, I think yeah, indeed, like the support is super important, and I think even if you don't have that support right now, I think you can find it and get it um, by just because everyone has these type of 
uh, things they're going through in life and everyone has their demons. Um, I think yeah. yeah, you can just, even if you don't, if you say like, I'm alone, I don't have a support system, you can just start by talking to someone. Um, it may be a stranger. Yeah. Also, even if they're not really in the, in the space to talk to you in that moment, it's fine because it was just a stranger, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. calling a helpline or, I don't know, listen to a podcast that talks about these type of things um, can yeah. make you feel less alone. And that's like one of the reasons why we started our podcast as well. Yeah. So what what was the what was the journey for you, you know, getting into law, then getting into, uh, I think uh, you were working for La Paya Learning. I, mm -hmm. if you, correct me if I'm wrong. And yeah. you're getting, you got into the learning space and then you went into coaching and then you went into marketing now and now you're into podcasting. Yeah. So can you take us through how that transpired? <laughs> you're really hitting the spots here. Um, yeah, so, um, the law decision, that was more mainly just because of other people, to be honest. Um, so I knew I wanted to study in English. I wanted to study abroad in international university. That was all the case in Maastricht, which is where I then ended up studying. And um, uh, yeah, I realized throughout my studies and then also actually thanks to Isaac, which is a great platform to develop yourself and figure out what you actually want to do with life. I realized that, yeah, law is not really for me because when I started, I mainly did it because people were telling me, oh, yeah, you're really good at arguing your way out of things, out of situations, you know, like when I was a little child. Okay. I remember arguing with our neighbor's mom about something her children did that I instructed <laughs> to do or something. And then she was like picking a fight with an eight-year-old. And I just told her, look, your kids, your responsibility. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was eight years old. Um, but these type of situations, apparently I could really talk myself out of things a lot of times. And then my, my uh -huh. parents, also lots of family members told me like, yeah, you should become a lawyer because you know that skill is really important for a lawyer. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's um, one of the advice that I would give is don't listen to other people's advice all the time because um, uh, yeah right now I, I said it before like I would do everything the same because it led me to be where I am today so it did serve something but um, I think uh, yeah I was not really passionate about the law and being a lawyer and the kind of opportunities that mm -hmm. we such a profession um yeah so i went a bit sideways i spent a lot of time in isaac started like going to a lot of conferences to workshops and providing these conferences and workshops myself training coaching others and so uh, yeah. when i finished my experience there i yeah just uh also through a friend of mine who was at isaac with me uh, found out about lepaya which at the time was a really small startup they had just started um yeah, they were developing or they're still developing uh, learning uh, programs for other companies uh, where they can really improve their soft skills, but also hard skills. And I was doing, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, de developing those uh, learning uh, journeys. At the same time, I was also doing business development for a while. So selling them to, uh, yeah, up and coming scale ups in the Netherlands. Um, that was a fun experience. At the same time, I realized, okay, my focus was more on the sales part. I really enjoyed the organizing okay. of these workshops and learning journeys. So I got more energy from that, yeah. but that was also not really it. And then 
I got approached by this marketing agency, which was looking for a team lead for the German team to basically fix the German team because they like heard of my uh, yeah team management or coaching skills that I, I had gained in Isaac. And they said, okay, come here, become a team lead and uh, fix the team because the dynamics, everything's broken. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up working for a marketing company. And then I started learning about websites, SEO, ad campaigns, etc. Right. like on the side while actually managing the, the operation, the German operations team there. And that's how I ended up in marketing. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, circumstantial, I would say. And uh, yeah, but I really enjoy it. I love talking. Um, I love talking about things I'm passionate about, things I believe in. Uh, so marketing um, is something that um, yeah also really uh, bodes well with me and my personality. I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So and then why the podcast? And then why specifically your men's health? Because what do you think or believe is missing from our conversation surrounding men's health today? Um, so there's three questions there. I, I should have phrased it better. <laughs> there's three <laughs> questions. Why did you start a podcast on men's health? Yeah. And then what do you believe is missing from our conversation surrounding men's health in the world today? Maybe two questions. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, when I think of this podcast, so I've, I think I've been looking for these deeper connections with friends for a while. And like, I have a really good support system of, uh, friends of mine who I can be real with and honest with and just like be vulnerable and talk about my feelings, my emotions. I can cry with them. I can laugh with them. Um, and yeah, let me go even one step back. So one of these, this is a moment that keeps coming back in my head, but I went to one, I was hosting a conference for Isaac in Czech uh, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, when I'm like a speaker or like a host, I'm always like, it's really important to me to create like a safe space, a place where people can be themselves and also be open and share, like similar to what I do with my friends. And uh, after two days uh, in one of the sharing spaces, this one guy stood up and he was tearing up and he was telling that for the first time in his life, he felt safe to be himself, to talk about his feelings and that he grew up in a family mm -hmm. where where he has to be strong and you're a man and you don't you shouldn't cry like you should keep all that in because you're strong you're strong and that's what a man is basically so with this really uh -huh. um, broken or like outdated definition of man like what a man is uh and that moment keeps coming back in my head when i also think about this podcast because like i feel like i want to create uh together with my partner surush we want to create this safe space for other people that uh and other men mm -hmm. that they can really feel like okay we don't have to adhere to the rules of being a man. It's okay in the 21st century to also have mm -hmm. feelings, cry, talk about it, open up about mm -hmm. it to your friends. Um, in the end, I feel like if we open up about these type of things and they're out there, then we can only feel more free because they're out there now. Like now it's out. It cannot hurt you anymore because it's already out in the world. Um, even if just what yeah. will know about it. Um, so yeah, that was one of the reasons to start this podcast, to provide a safe space for men to be themselves, um, to feel not alone, to feel that there's others who are also struggling or going through things. Um, mm -hmm. 
And um, yeah, to really just provide this uh, safe space to them and they yeah, open the conversation because I think what is missing is actually the conversation. And um, maybe that's me being yeah. patient and pushing things forward by op making a podcast about it. <laughs> but uh, I truly feel like we can play an important role here because I've been talking about these issues with my support system for a while. And it's been so freeing and such a great experience for me in the long run. Made me a better person. Made, yeah, got me to where I am today. And I just want to yeah, provide that opportunity to um, every man around out there, wherever they are in whatever circumstances they are. And um, yeah, with Suroj, who's uh, my friend, and we started the podcast together. We're both really passionate about this. And he also felt this yeah. need for connecting with the world in that way. And we both wanted to really open up and be vulnerable about our own experiences in life and our own struggles as yeah. well, which is a really big challenge, yeah. actually, when you know you're talking to the world all of a sudden. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so, and then at some point we just said, okay, why don't we start recording these conversations? And then that's how the idea of the podcast yeah. is. Um, that's yeah. amazing. Man. I, I think that's very valuable. And you're, you're, you're adding a lot of value because you're, you never know who would be listening to one of your conversations. And then that would be so beneficial for them that they, I mean, kind of alter their life's path in a way. And that's one of the most powerful things you can do. Uh, and I, I like that's pretty great that you're able to create a safe space within uh, environments that people are able to be themselves because it's not an easy thing to do, I think. And as, as that guy was saying as well, I think there's so many different perceived uh, perceptions of masculinity. Uh, like every person you would talk to, they would have a different perception because of their background, because of their family, culture, religion, uh, how many whatever points you can raise. And then in the end of the day, the only thing that helps is talking about it, which is quite simple, but also the most difficult is because I think it deals with vulnerability. Yeah. And I really love this. Uh, I don't know if you've read Brene Brown or watched any of her TED Talks. Mm -hmm. uh, she talks a lot about uh, differentiating between shame and vulnerability because a lot of people don't share or be vulnerable because they feel it's shame or it's guilt. Yeah. Uh, and it, like it, like you have to overcome that to create deeper connections. I think with yourself, because initially, at least in my experience, I was not being vulnerable with myself, uh, and not doing service to myself. I would say by not sharing. So. I think it, it begs the biggest question or bigger question of being vulnerable with the world. And I think as you're on this journey now, you'll just start becoming more and more <laughs> vulnerable and maybe a little less impatient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel... Uh, yeah. What, how... Uh, you yeah, feel what? Leo and uh, everything you just said. Like, um, yeah. I think actually vulnerability starts with yourself and that's also how it started yeah. for me. I'm really vulnerable with myself and then I open up to others about it and then you can open up to, to the world about it. And I think this podcast now is me trying to open up to the world about it uh, and attempt to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people really like, it's very underrated that people, people value uh, good and honest conversations because I don't think there are many out there 
or maybe it's just not the ones that I am listening to. <laughs> But at least the ones that I come across, there are very few podcasts that are very open and very, like, from the heart, so as to say. And I feel like as a human being, when you're doing that, people are surprised positively because not many people do that. Like, they're not many people are just honest and wholeheartedly talking about what other people can connect to. And I think that connection, regardless of, if it's in the audio format or if it's someone you never know about, that is what matters the most in a way. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough journey. I'm, I think we are talking about it quite nonchalantly right now, <laughs> but it's a pretty tough journey and it's, I think it's a very personal journey for each person. Uh, and you really need to sit with your, so as to say, your perceived demons inside you. And yeah. once you, I, like you said, like once you do that, then they just disappear because you've been running away from it for so long. Yeah. That is not that big. Yeah, or you just like, like, or you just take the necessary steps to work with them because sometimes they don't just disappear. Like I'm also now uh, in therapy actually for the first time. And uh, yeah, with all the stuff they say about therapy, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but uh, I've heard a lot of like negative talk about therapy as well. Like you have problems, why do you need help? Like we can fix this ourselves. Yeah. But uh, going through therapy and I've only been to a couple of sessions so far, I really feel like I can now like work on these type, type of demons in a structured way and address them in a healthy way. Like with someone who's been like uh, working on these type of issues every day. Um, so yeah, I can also really, uh, recommend that, uh, to anyone actually nowadays, um, go to therapy, see, uh, what it can bring you. I mean, you can't lose anything. Yeah. I, I think everyone should go to therapy. A hundred percent. Even if, I mean, even with the work that you do on yourself, I think therapy just enhances all of that. Yeah. Uh, I've been to therapy some years ago. I really needed it, and I thought I didn't. And uh, and but the, as uh, you were saying, there is still a certain uh, negative uh, association placed with therapy. Uh, if you tell someone that you know I go to therapy, they're like, mm, maybe there's something really wrong with you. Yeah. And I think the people who say that are the people who need therapy the most. What are you scared of what, man? Yeah, exactly. What are you hiding, bro? Like, what is this insecurity? What is it coming from? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I think therapy is pretty, like, I had a guest on my podcast who's a, who's a psychotherapist from Canada. And the way he was describing, you know, small general interactions of like, of course, he didn't share any specifics, like he, he can't share them. Mm -hmm. But certain scenarios of people, how they've been together for like years, and then how things start falling apart because of small things and misunderstandings. And because they are not addressed, as you said, in a healthy way, they just keep on building up and up and up until the point that the two people can't even recognize each other but they didn't intervene in time, like from with the therapist or even themselves, like just sitting down and talking about it in a healthy way. So I think definitely therapy is uh, something that shines a light on a lot of things. And I think a lot of uh, 
at least for me, it taught me a lot of the overthinking I was doing and making scenarios in my mind by myself, the scenarios that did not exist at all. And then you're like, oh shit, that was all a lie I was telling myself just to, in a way, to protect myself from whatever is out there. Because that's a side of you. Uh, that's a part of you as well, like you said. Like you need to sit with it and accept it and appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the the highs and the lows because the lows will just lead you to the next high, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think I, I've started to understand like that you learn more about yourself in the lows than in the highs. <laughs> That's true. You grow more in the lows than if you take the time to do it. Yeah. For sure. I grow more to appreciate and just be like, I think that's something also, like I actually just talked about this with my brother last night, that uh, I think a lot of times we don't even realize how happy we could be or like how amazing the present moment is and we just look at the next uh like we're just let's say like we're kind of drifting a bit through life you know we wake up we go to work we come home we cook dinner we watch netflix we go to bed but not realizing mm -hmm. that we have everything we could ask for in life and uh, we have so many reasons to be happy like is that good friends the good food that we're able to sit down on the couch mm -hmm. watch a good movie or just spend good company with someone. Um, yeah. A lot of things um, that while while you're happy, you're a lot of times not recognizing how happy you are, actually. And then when you're... But when you're yeah. sad, you're very sad. Like, that one you're feeling, like, really hard and then that overthinking starts and then... So, that, yeah. yeah, more like... Um, was an inter interesting conversation. I'm still reflecting on it a bit and what to take from it. But uh, that was one thought I just said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I 100% agree with you. Like, it's weird. Like, I was thinking about it the other day as well. That why is it that, at least for me, I was always focusing on the negative things mm -hmm. or on the on things going wrong instead of focusing on the things that are going right. And just, you know, expanding that energy and expanding that love and, and abundance. Because there's a lot of things going right in our lives. If we only give, like, uh, whatever we give attention to is what we think the most. Mm -hmm. So if you're only thinking about things that are not going right, of course you will see, you will feel like everything is going wrong. Yeah. So that's quite, but that comes with practice, I think. That comes with changing your mindset. It's a lot of work, worthwhile, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, like what helped me as well is sometimes to just sit and breathe. Like sitting here in Amsterdam, we have a lot yeah. of nice little rivers and like lots of great parks. So like just, for example, I'm biking home from somewhere and I see a nice spot and then, I don't know, I just sit down and breathe for a while and just take in the my surroundings and yes, like appreciate um, my life or like my journey. Um, be a bit more conscious about those things as well. Like sometimes press pause, enjoy the moment, and then move to the next thing. I think uh, yeah, I mean it really works for me. Yeah, I'm learning about this uh, uh, this Italian concept of I think dolce far niente, <laughs> it's like the art of doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard for some people, man. It's very hard for me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm learning about it. 
like, I feel guilty when I'm not doing anything. And I know, like, for example, my parents, they don't, they have no chill. They're always working. They're always doing something. I mean, like, I think I've also maybe taken something from that. And I think also that whole generation. But also now, like, I feel guilty sometimes when I sleep in or when I don't do something or when I waste the time. Yeah. And I'm really trying to appreciate those moments actually way more because I was able to chill and relax. And it's good to take yeah. that off. Yeah, I I think uh, recently I will I or I'm still going through an experience, <laughs> and then I, I realized that uh, to kind of get a better perspective, you do need to do nothing, and just because that just lets your thoughts freely flow without yeah. me trying to point at every one of them and saying why is this there, why is this there, why is this there. Uh, and this brings me to the next question <laughs> nice. of of the of my own experience as well. Like I'm talking about experience of love in our, our life, and love has many shapes and forms. Uh, but how do you define love? Um, that's actually also a very good question, and something. Um, like I, I've recently read a book that really helped me um, find that out for myself because I don't think I actually had a proper definition for what love is for me. Okay. Uh, the book from Jay Shetty, Eight Rules of Love. Um, yeah. And in that, um, first of all, he says everyone should make their own definition of love and like, yeah, just be aware mm-hmm. of that because a lot of times we just think, oh, that is love or this is love based on movies we've seen as kids or... Uh, stories we've heard which is not really realistic um because you only see a snapshot yeah. of 90 minutes of an experience that obviously has a happy ending at the end um but love yeah can be can have so many different forms and shapes and uh, yeah with this book i was able to really define love for myself i think and for me now love is first of all i think love is not only between you and a person. Love is in everything yeah. you do, or you can put love into anything you do. You can bring love to the workspace. You can mm-hmm. bring love to your friends. You can bring love to your family, to people that you meet in the subway. Uh, you can just be yeah. uh, loving. Um, and then yeah. if you're asking about like love as a partnership or relationship, I would say that um, it's uh, the... Like the conscious decision that I want to grow together with this amazing human being that I appreciate for all that they have Mm -hmm. and all that they give. And um, just that, I think, like just this decision that I I want to grow with this person and we'll be on our individual journeys of personal growth and we'll be side by side supporting each other um, on our individual journeys Mm -hmm. and like going through it together. Um, but individually. So it's a supportive mm-hmm. and not a codependent kind of relationship. Um, yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's how I define love for myself now. And uh, also a really okay. interesting exercise that was part of this whole uh, book journey that I want to share is, um, yeah, make a list of all the things you love, uh, all the things you are looking for in a partner, and then become that list yourself. Because then you can stop yeah. for things to fulfill you because you already fulfill yourself. And then that partner can just be by your side yeah. in the way, like in a supportive way. And you can go enjoy life together side by side. And yeah, just uh, 
make the happiness that you already have inside, the love that you already have inside, and just make it bigger by doing it together. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, this is the first time someone actually asked me for my definition of love, but I think I was able to uh, find the right word. <laughs> yeah, you you put it quite well. And I love this. Uh, I, the, I think you, you shared this book with me as well in one of our, our calls. Uh, I read I read like a sample of it. It's quite powerful. Yeah. I, I like how he separates it into different kinds of love. And then this overall love that you should have, I mean, just for life in general and for everyone you interact with, might that be plants, animals, people, whoever. Uh, and this thing, and this exercise is pretty cool. Uh, make a list of what you want from a partner and then become that person. Uh, and I think it's, it really, because no one can come and, you know, plug in holes that you've created for yourself inside you. Uh, they can only come and support you to be and grow in that journey as it should be. Yeah. If two people are agreeing to do that, you know. Uh, but yeah. But I think there's yeah. like, I mean, in, yeah, I think it's so unfair also to have a list in your head and then like kind of check things off for a certain person. Everyone is different and everyone brings different qualities. Yeah. Some qualities that yeah. bring to your life, maybe you have never even experienced those things and they actually really... Yeah. Uh, like they could really help you grow as well uh, in that way. Yeah, yeah. More new things about the world or about yourself, about others. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you just give yourself the things that you need to be fulfilled, then you can go and look at these relationships in a much more healthy way. Uh, yeah. And I think then you're more, more open to... I mean, new things as well, because you're so at peace and secure with yourself that you're not mindlessly chasing anything that remotely feels attractive to you. Might that be in friendships? Might that be in, you know, relationships or anything? You're not just running after people because yeah. you're not insecure of, you know, you're not looking for others to fill that void for you. Uh, deep conversation. of <laughs> <laughs> I love it how it, uh, it just, uh, I love the level of depth that we go into every time uh, we talk. <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. 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 I, I think the other thing that I, I, I really liked about Jay Shetty, like in one of his podcasts as well, he was saying that the concept that you're looking for a perfect person does not exist. Even you're not perfect yourself. So like no one is going to come fully formed, you know, as you wish. Like you, two people have to make that commitment that, okay, we're going to grow this love and we're going to, again, I'm just specifically talking relationships. Mm -hmm. But I think that I had that concept before that, oh, you know, I am not ready to be in a relationship because I'm not perfect or I'm not worth it or I'm not doing these things. But realizing, realizing how naive that idea is or like how much of that was built on everything that I perceived from outside of myself. So... Yeah, it's like yeah. just make make sure that you're good enough for yourself first. And perfection is such a thing as well. I feel in our generation, maybe, but maybe just for everyone. The thing is that perfection is so unhealthy. You know, like you will never get to perfect, and this is also in life. You'll never be perfect either. Like uh, I think that's also the beauty yeah. of life. Like now, when I look at it, like I used to, I was a firstborn child, and I was always trying to like 
fit the expectations of my parents and like be the poster child or something like that. But um, now I realize that perfect is not achievable and that's the beauty of life because mm -hmm. you can keep growing until the end, you know, and maybe further. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, growth is uh, growth is the goal, not perfection. Let's say, Kobe. I really love. Uh, I think you hit it on the spot. I love uh, one of Matthew McConaughey's speech where he is like accepting an award and he's like, "I always chase. I'm always chasing a person ten years ahead of me, and that is my future self. And then when I get there, then I'm chasing another person ten years ahead of me. That is my other future self. But." The point is, I will never get to that person, you know. So that's the point. Like you will keep on growing, growing, growing until in the end, when you realize you form your own meaning for a life well lived. Uh, and that brings me now. Uh, so I ask every guest to leave a question for the next guest. And for you, the question I would ask is, uh, what is what does a life well lived mean to you right now? More. interesting i thought like i listened to the last podcast episode and i didn't find the question at the end so i was like all right cool <laughs> no question for me so uh, i'm truly not well prepared for this one but what is a life well lived for me yeah um i don't know like i think i got this from one of the early influences i really followed and loved at the time and still do also the way he's like developing from the point he started from and where he is now uh gary vaynerchuk yeah and he said if you need yeah, yeah, yeah. if you need motivation go to an elderly home because the worst thing is if you talk to an elderly person and they have regrets about their life so yeah I think a life well lived is uh, when I'm at the end of my life, just to look back and have no regret, not wanting to do anything over, not feeling that I missed out on anything. And so, yeah, now I'm in the present, so I have power over it. So I'll do everything I can to yeah, do the things that I want to do in life, um, get the kind of relationships I want, have these kind of moments. Uh, of connection with the world, with nature, with friends, with you right now. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, a life where I don't have any regrets after, after it or at the end of it. Amazing. I think that sounds pretty well lived. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've done everything that you want to do. And yeah, and with that, thank you so much, Dennis, for being with me. And for our listeners, whoever is listening, I hope this podcast would bring you some value as you listen to it through your day. And yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.